On today's show, big news with the Atlanta Hawks as DeJounte Murray extends for four years and up to $120 million. We'll get into all of what transpired here, the options are, what the structure may be, and more coming up. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1516 of the Lawton Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Thursday afternoon slash evening. I am in Las Vegas, getting ready to cover the Hawks in Summer League starting on Friday. But on Thursday, big news broke. There were some rumblings ahead of time, as we'll get into in a second. But DeJounte Murray sticking around for the Hawks for four years after this season. So the next five seasons under contract now for DeJounte Murray. And welcome to the podcast. As always, we encourage you as well. Make us your first listen each and every day. Please check us out and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, places like Apple and Spotify, YouTube, etc. And yeah, we'll dive in right now. In fact, there was a notebook inclusion from my friend Jake Fisher of Yahoo, who was on this podcast only about a week and a half ago at this point in time. And Jake wrote the following earlier this week. Elsewhere with the Hawks, there continues to be its optimism among lead personnel familiar with the situation that Atlanta will come to terms on the contract extension for all-star guard DeJounte Murray. That was a surprise to me. It was a surprise to a lot of different people around the league. I exchanged text messages and calls with a lot of people in those moments after that piece dropped. I said this before, the general thought in the industry was always going to be that Murray was unlikely to sign an extension because the Hawks could only offer a certain amount of money legally under the salary cap and the CBA. However, I did make sure to never say that it would flat out never happen because it's always still a lot of money. Different players have different incentives. For instance, they want to have you know, they see different things, security, wanting to be in Atlanta, all that stuff. And just for example of that, DeJounte was seen this week tweeting about loyalty. He liked a tweet from a Hawks fan saying that he was kind of the kind of guy who might sacrifice the greater benefit of the Hawks situation before the news even broke. So he kind of laid the groundwork a little bit there for a little bit taking less on this deal. And uh, also, crucially, Murray's made about $70 million in NBA contracts to include the upcoming season. That's a lot of money, of course, but with this deal, he is more than doubling his career earnings, which is never something you can that you would scoff at. It's quite a bit of money to add a guaranteed nine-figure sum to your bank account. But all that said, the uh, crumbs were there, but the big news dropped earlier this evening on Thursday. So... Widely reported numbers, and I've confirmed this as well, four years and $120 million approximately for Murray on this deal. And as with any extension ahead of time, this is a deal that does not start until the following season. So this coming season, 23-24, Murray's already under contract for about $17, $18 million. That's not changing. This deal begins next year, so more than a year from now. And this is an extension through through that lens. Now, this was the absolute most the Hawks could offer in an extension. I will not do the entire CBA thing for you right now, but it's always good if you're a team to have a, a sort of that negotiating point where you can tell the player, look, this is literally all we can offer you. And it's true. The Hawks were not lying here. That's the most they could possibly offer to DeJounte Murray was this four-year deal for about 120. And also he got a player option on the end, which is always a very team-friendly incentive. If Murray is still playing at a high, high level, he probably opts out of that, gets a lot more money in the future, guaranteed. If he's not living up to the contract, you can opt in. So it's definitely a player incentive. The player option is called that for a reason, his choice. And you assume he'll make the right one at that point in time. Now, Four years, $120 million does include some incentives in the contract. We don't know exactly what those incentives are right now. I know what they are in the current contract, but that's important to this because the Hawks currently, uh, with Murray, have the deal that has incentives in it that he signed with San Antonio. So I know what they are this this time around. But without the incentives, 
this deal could not be $120 million in guaranteed money. So essentially, Murray may not be locked into all of that money. I think uh, basically what if you go through the math, and I've done this a couple of times now, ask people that might know this stuff. Um, if you take the incentives out and just talk about the absolute maximum that the Hawks could offer in fully guaranteed salary, it's about four years and $111 million. So that means there's about nine-ish million dollars in incentives that could change the total value of the contract. But no matter what, $111 million or so for DeJounte over four years. So four years of 111 would equate to, uh, if you go off that number, about 24.8 in year one, 26.8 in year two, 28.8 in year three, and then a $30.8 million or so player option in the fourth and final season of that contract. Those are very rough numbers. They're very approximate. Keep that in mind through all of this stuff. If you include incentives, it jumps up about $2 million a year, basically, a little bit more than $2 million a year. Uh, 27 or so in year one, 29 or so in year two, then about 31 and 33 to get up to about $120 million. I have been trying to stress the reality of the rising salary cap, salary cap environment for quite some time now, but for some more context off of that, if you just go the four-year and $111 million contract in base salary, that is less than 18% of the salary cap projected. Again, this is all projected in all four seasons of the deal. For some perspective here, 18% of the cap for this season was about $22 million. So while he's making up to 31 at the, at the very end, uh, it's the equivalent of about $21, $22 million from this year, which is not star money. That's good player money. It's starter money for sure, but not like transcendent superstar money by any means. Um, as part of this as well, we'll get into some overall takeaways in a second. He cannot be traded for six months. So as I record this podcast on Thursday, the Hawks have not officially announced the deal. Um, it's been so confirmed that I know it's happening, but it's not been fully announced. Whenever that deal is announced and signed, he cannot be traded for six months. Keep that in mind. So Hawks fans might remember this, um, at least the diehards might. When Clint Capella signed his extension pretty late in the offseason, the six-month period actually went past the trade deadline, So he was almost functionally untradeable for about a year. That's not going to be the case here unless they wait a long time to sign Murray's extension. So he could be traded in six months. That's before the deadline. If for whatever reason they wanted to do that, but that's one of the technical things that happens with, with this kind of deal. But look, overall, I believe this is a slam dunk move for the Hawks. I've said this before. And if you're a return listener, my apologies, but um, I think, and I have said multiple times, this is basically a no brainer for the Hawks to offer the most that they possibly could for Murray and basically make him turn the deal down and say, here we go, DeJounte. This is all I can offer you. If you want to say yes, we love that. If not, that's okay too. Um, I did not think, I'll be candid, I did not think that Murray would take this deal. And people that I talked to in the league did not believe he would take this deal either. Um, at the same time, it is awesome for him to lock in a nine-figure contract that cannot be overstated. This is enormous money in real-world terms. And again, more than double, almost triple his his current um, you know, career earnings before this coming season. So keep that all in mind as well. This is a lot of, lot of money for DeJounte Murray. Um, I'll say this. It is also a very team-friendly deal, and that's why I'm saying it's a great move for the Hawks. I believe that it is. Now, I don't believe that DeJounte would have necessarily gotten the full max next summer if he had gotten to free agency, but just for a second, let's assume that he gets to free agency next summer. His max would have started at more than $40 million a season. Yes, $40 million. So on this contract, he's averaging less than $30 million per season. Averaging. He could have the max next summer starting at more than 40 million dollars and going up from there so that's a huge difference in what he could have again could have gotten and again i would have said he probably wouldn't have gotten the entire full max next summer but i do believe strongly that as long as he had a solid season not even not anything great let's just say he repeated this year which i've said before i don't think he was particularly awesome by his standards this year by any means i think obviously still good, still a good player 
But if he just did the exact same thing this coming season, I think he would have gotten more than this, pretty pretty comfortably more than this, honestly. Which is, again, why I thought, and many people thought that I talked to around the league, that he wouldn't sign this. But again, he was tweeting about loyalty, and it seems like he wants to be in Atlanta. And I think he probably knows he's taking a little bit less on this deal. But you know, again, A, the security, and B, it helps the Hawks. And I'm sure he didn't want to move again, all that fun stuff. But it's uh, it's very, very interesting and notable, and again, team-friendly in my mind. Again, I don't still don't think people have kind of figured out the rising cap at this point in time. This is basically a, a move where he's signing an extension where he's going to be paid like a third or fourth option, not a number two option. Now, that's good for the Hawks, who already owe a lot of money to guys like Trey, of course, but even like, you know, the next deal for a Kongwu and Capella's on the books for more for more years and Hunter's on the books for more years, all that stuff. It does not mean the Hawks are going to stay put the rest of the summer, but they might at this point in time. And um, regardless, this is a good team-friendly deal all the way around. I could give you more examples, but again, the best way I can put it for you right now is in this current cap environment that we're about to start with this new CBA, I think Murray is basically taking a deal now that's paying him more like third or fourth option money than number two option money, which is obviously a positive. And by the way, as I'm recording in a bit of live podcasting, the Hawks um, just uh, just announced a contract that was not DeJounte Murray's with Seth Lundy's. We'll come back to that in a second. But anyway, long story short, a very, very positive deal for the Hawks in my mind. Um, you know, again, you may you may have been listening to this podcast the last year. You might think that I'm a little bit low on DeJounte. That's fine. I think DeJounte's a really good player. I didn't love his defense this year, all that stuff. He's not a perfect player by any means. But let me just say, like, if you think I'm too low on DeJounte, that's maybe reasonable on your, on your point. I am saying, even as with my current evaluation of DeJounte, this is a very good deal for the Hawks. You're, you're locking in his prime years. He's not going to be too old at the end of the contract. And uh, again, a slim nut move for the Hawks. Great piece, great piece of business all the way around. And congrats to DeJounte as well for signing a deal that, again, guarantees him nine figures. That's a bunch of money in the real world. Okay, a few more news and notes at the end of the podcast. But first, a word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's very easy to compliment everything that you might, you might need from you at this point in time. Never actually consider what you might need from yourself. I'm guilty of this as well. And this is juggling a million different world things as far as work and family commitments, et cetera. When, when you spend all your time giving, though, it can sometimes be leave us stretched pretty thin or even burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in life. And part of that is being able to support others without leaving yourself behind. Therapy is exceptionally helpful when it comes to learning coping skills or even setting boundaries. It can also help you to be the best version of yourself. If you thought about giving therapy a try, I definitely re recommend using BetterHelp to do just that. It's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and they'll actually match you with a licensed therapist. If you ever want to change therapists, you can do so with no charge at BetterHelp. Find more balance today with BetterHelp and visit betterhelp.com slash NBA today for to get 10% off your first month with BetterHelp. Again, that is NBA as the slash betterhelp.com slash NBA. Get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA. All right, and some more news and notes here from the Hawks the last couple of days on this kind of bonus episode on a Thursday. Again, Hawks open on Friday, so I'm already in Las Vegas. Lots of things going around. Um, Pascal Siakam was also mentioned in Jake, Jake Fisher's reporting on Yahoo this week. Uh, if you missed it, I talked about Pascal in some depth earlier this week on this podcast. I'm not going to recount all of that stuff with the Hawks. But Jake reported that the noise, quote, has seemed to quiet end quote, around Siakam overall. And also, while the Hawks and Raptors have talked in various ways, quote, those conversations have generated have not generated any forward progress of late, end quote. So it seems, like, it seems like it's kind of cooling on Siakam. I've heard kind of the same. I would not say that it's dead by any means. I've also heard that it's not, it's not just the Hawks making calls on Siakam. It wasn't always, it wasn't really ever a Raptors-Hawks thing only. It's not dead. This is what this is at this point in time. And again, tying it into Murray, Murray is now off the board. He cannot be traded for six months. So um, if there's any thought about Murray being the centerpiece, 
that was never going to be an option as of this point forward. Now, I said on Twitter even before the Murray extension happened this week that if a Siakam trade were to happen, I am very confident that DeAndre Hunter would be in the trade. Now, I thought part of that was because it could be Murray plus Hunter. Now, I believe it, it would almost have to be Hunter plus whatever else. Hunter is the main matching salary, the guy going out, etc. It seems like it's cooling at this point in time, but I want to always pass that along to you. Uh, I wouldn't say it's dead, but uh, Murray, Murray being off the board, and we'll kind of see what happens. That might affect some things as well with any pursuit of Siakam. There was also a brief Grant Williams flirtation, it seems like. Jared Weiss of The Athletic included the Hawks on a team, uh, on a list of teams, I should say, that were in the mix for Grant Williams. The Hawks were limited to offering just the MLE and an offer or maybe doing a sign and trade involving Collins exception. Williams is a good player. I know Hawks fans don't know, uh, necessarily love him because he's a Celtic, all that stuff, but uh, he would have been very helpful in my mind. But it was short-lived. About a day later, he ended up going to Dallas on a three-team sign and trade, so cross that off the board. But he was the first free agent that the Hawks have been publicly linked to in a report from a you know a credible source that I've seen. So that's pretty interesting. Um, other news and notes here. Uh, the Houston trade has not been announced at this point in time as I'm recording this podcast. Still, the Garuba-Washington trade has not been officially announced. Although Kelly Eco of The Athletic reported that both second-round picks that were reported in that deal, and by the way, I did a whole episode about that trade. If you want to find it, all my thoughts on that deal, it's still available. An awesome trade for the Hawks also. Um, both second-round picks that are in the deal going to the Hawks are going to be unprotected. That's very, very good business for Atlanta. Uh, also, um, in this same kind of debt thing, uh, Seth Lundy is actually signing a two-way contract with the Hawks. That is not a shock by any means. That was actually announced as, as we were recording the podcast. But um, I have been hearing that was probably the likely outcome the last couple of days. Um, guys drafted at 46. That's a very normal thing to have happen, especially because the Hawks have a roster crunch. Lundy could be very useful on a two-way contract. Um, so nothing out of the ordinary there whatsoever. Um, older guy, I think he, got, he might, might actually be able to play for the Hawks a little bit right now. They probably don't need him to, but if there were injuries, I think he would not look out of place on an NBA court. But a two-way deal there is totally fine and normal. For the, for the 46 pick in the draft, and that's sort of locked in now. Also, the Hawks, of course, announced that Muhammad Gay signed that four-year extension, sorry, four-year contract. Uh, Mike Scotto reported the first two years of that deal are guaranteed. Not sure what the rest of it looks like, other than the fourth season has to be a team option, but if you want more details on that as well, it was covered earlier this week on the podcast. Last thing, the Hawks had a media availability on Wednesday before they flew out to Vegas. At least the uh, summer Hawks did. Nobody else on the roster talked to the media. No huge news out of that. But AJ Griffin said a plan for him is actually going to be playing roughly two games in Las Vegas. Uh, that was what I covered on the Summer League preview episode this week as well. That's what I was hearing and the whole time, and I would be shocked if he played the whole week. Maybe he plays three games and something goes wrong and they want to see some more stuff. But I think that Griffin fits the profile of a guy who's probably too good to be there and should play only a small handful of games. And by the end of the week, will not be out of the court for the Hawks. Very normal stuff there. Other than that, not a lot of basketball stuff. There was an answer from Kobe Bufkin to uh, the, actually Kevin Chouinard of Hawks.com passed along. And he said that Bufkin said to the media, that he time on and off the ball in summer league. That's pretty normal for a guard like he is. And also Griffin's a guy I keep an eye on as a guy who will spend some time on the ball when he's playing. I do think that if you're going to play AJ Griffin, one reason to go ahead and do that would, would be to have him kind of have the ball in his hands. That makes a lot of sense to me. And then when he's not there or when he's off the court, I think you might see a lot of Bufkin. Um, I think, you know, Bufkin's not a point guard purely, but at the moment the Hawks have basically four guys who can play point guard on the roster. Trey and DeJounte, and then it's Bufkin and Tata Washington. So I think that, you know, I think a lot of the time you'll probably see the stagger that we saw last year with Trey and DeJounte at the current price. Aaron Holiday, by the way, signed a deal with Houston today, so crossed him off the board as a potential return. He was the one guy who was unrestricted on the Hawks roster, coming out of free agency. So anyway, long story short, I think you'll see a lot of ball, a lot of the ball in the hands of Kobe Bufkin this week, as it should be on Friday evening and beyond. And again, if you missed anything from the Summer League preview, because Summer League action starts 
on Friday night. Uh, I'll, I'll be in the building for all that stuff, but that's a podcast that should be available in your feeds right now, previewing it with the roster, the schedule, and all of that fun stuff. All right, a shorter podcast than usual, but sort of an emergency podcast in a lot of ways. DeJounte Murray locked up. Great deal for the Hawks, and uh, I'm sure he'll be talking more about that. We'll probably get released at some point in time, some comments from the Hawks in the future. But uh, for this year, nothing changed, but the four years after that, DeJounte Murray on a a, a locked-in price, and the Hawks no longer have that will-they-or-won't situation with regard to DeJounte hitting free agency next year that gives them some real uh, planning power in the future, both salary cap-wise, roster-wise, to have your top two players locked in is very, very helpful for this front office moving forward. All right. That's it for this, for this podcast. Please, please, please subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, places like Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Hawks. Provided Twitter still exists when you listen to this podcast. Follow me on Twitter if you want to at BT Roland. Um, please leave five-star ratings and reviews. Also follow my written work on the Hawks, patreon.com slash BT Roland. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. I'll be back after the game on Friday evening with a full breakdown of the Summer League Oper, and we'll uh, see you then.